Hey, welcome to James Crowley's Infinite Playlist, the podcast where I try to hear every song that has ever existed, a podcast on the Luckhole Network. I'm your host, James Crowley, and this week I'm bringing you the rest of my conversation with Sammy Wiener from the Red String Podcast, where we made playlists about a dying robot sadly recounting its memories. And this was a very fun conversation. Um, if you haven't listened to part one, I highly recommend you go back and do that. We kind of have things in this episode that call back to that. I think that there's a pretty good narrative with both of our playlists, and I think that uh, it's a solid, fun listen. Uh, so yeah, before I play you the rest of our conversation, I highly recommend you go listen to Sammy's podcast, the Red String Podcast. Uh, wherever you get podcasts, you can follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Red String Pod. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at James P. Crowley. I'm at James P. Crowley 68 on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Instagram, James Crowley's Infinite Playlist. Uh, I think that is everything. Solo episode next week. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. Absolutely. Um, let's keep on rolling along into my next pick, which was Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears a hole The old familiar stain Yeah, I saw this on the list and I was like, really hurt? And then uh, I listened to it and it definitely really fits the vibe. Um, I chose this version specifically just because I feel like Johnny Cash's version is more well-known, more respected. Yeah. Um, and probably the version I like better. But I think that in this case, there are probably a lot of Nine Inch Nails songs I could have picked. Um, but I feel like in this sense, this is, you know, we've just passed the acceptance and this is kind of a sad leaning on the deathbed sort of. Yeah. This feels like the point where your robot uh, knows it's going to die and is very starting to accept it. Sort of like the last track was sailing through. Yeah. And it's just kind of, it's very mournful and sad in that moment. Yeah. It's one of, it's an extremely depressing song. (laughs) Like it's a little much sometimes, but uh, I I love it. It's a great song. Uh, It's like, and I, I was listening with headphones. Um, I, I think I've heard this. I mean, I know this is the original one and I, I know about it, but I don't know if I've listened to this version all the way through before. Um, but like on headphones, it's weird as shit. It's like, it's moving back and forth yeah, a little it bit. pans a lot. It pans a lot. And it's also like the production, um, it's like, it's like cutting in and out kind of. Yeah. It feels, what, it, what the vibe I got was like a fading, radio signal like a weak or dying yeah. radio signal um yeah, like, like you're moving 
Yeah, oh. sorry, like you're moving too far away from like the radio signal, like it, the signal's getting weak. Yeah, there are a lot of notes that like cut off very mm -hmm. like suddenly. It almost, it almost feels like he's like, you know, if he's playing it on a guitar, he's like playing it, but then like pulling out the cable before it could finish feeding back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it's like very, it's buzzing. It's like, it's this buzzing sort of uh, breaking machinery sort of yeah. noise. Um, I love the mix of like whispering and shouting in this song because he goes yeah. from like whispering to yelling um and uh yeah it's, it's like it's a sad reflection before death um i've i've been wanting to get it more into nine inch nails i think there's a bunch of artists that are like very much before my time that were very popular before i was born yeah um like because there's artists there's older artists now that like people my age still love uh, but this is one of those things that I, this is one of those artists that I feel like almost kind of got lost and like. <laughs> yeah, Nine Inch Nails, they're like, because even I'm kind of on the, you know, I, I'm a little bit older than you, but like, I'm still kind of on the young end for Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> when was yeah. it? That was the 90s, right? Yeah, this album, this album came out the year I was born. So like, oh, okay. it's not totally weird that I'm into it, but like, I feel like, Nine Inch Nails are huge with people that are like in their like mid thirties. Yeah, my my dad has one of those CDs, um, so I guess he was into them. Oh God, he also has like a oh God, I went through his CDs a while ago, and he has like the weirdest ninety. He's obsessed with Dave Matthews Band, but he also really likes um like uh, I found a Papa Roach CD <laughs> and like. Uh, like a bunch of Eminem and like Papa Roach is having a bit of a revival right now. Really? A little serious? bit. They're like there's people remixing uh Last Resort on tape. It's really just last last resort, I should say. It's having a my life into pieces. But yeah, like that video is hilarious. I don't know if I've ever watched it. I've oh, listened to God. that. So many it's times. so funny. I remember I that was video. like that was like a song when I was in like ninth or tenth grade where it was still popular enough that like everyone knew it, but people that like didn't listen to rock and metal and stuff, people that didn't listen to rock and metal knew that and liked that song. But like, mm -hmm. it would have been weird if I was like a crazy Papa Roach fan. Yeah, yeah. There's very much these artists that you, you can tell like are very much just from their time and will not be relevant later on. Like, uh, I feel that way about Panic at the Disco. <laughs> can, I get the, can I get the disco I, I have a very complicated relationship with but like they've changed so much since they first started I used to love them I mean it was my favorite band when I was in like uh eighth grade or something well so so you said you're a freshman in college so you're 18 right yeah I'm 18 yeah so that would have been that was like the it was when like Death of the Bachelor came out Okay, so but I but I was into their older music, right? Lot. Death of a Bachelor, in my opinion, is the best Panic at the Disco album. I like it a lot. It's pretty that, good. Um, but then, like, I don't know. I think that I saw them on tour too. I saw them on tour when that album was touring. I saw I saw them with that album, and I saw them on the next one. But I did not like uh, what was it? Pray for the Wicked nearly as much. Oh, that shit sucked. That shit was um, I saw them on that tour still because I was like, hey, I like the last album enough. And like, like I just remember when uh, what's it called? Fever You Can't Sweat Out came out when I was in like sixth grade, and it was like a, a banger. 
album. Uh, but like the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, oh yeah, that album is a lot clunkier than I remember. Oh yeah, I I I enjoy going back and listening to like shit I used to be into. Like uh, I used to really be into Green Day too, and I've gone back and listened to like American Idiot and uh, what's the other one? The, the one that came after it. Oh, uh, 21st Century Breakdown. 21st Century Breakdown. And like, those were like my two albums when I was younger. Those, like, those albums I still adore. Like, <laughs> it's, it, you have an admiration for it, for sure. Yeah. It's just, and part of, part of it's like an appreciation for it in general. And part of it's also nostalgia, but like. Yeah, it's, it's partially also just being able to like contextualize, at least like American Idiot in what it was as like the first really big pop record that was against the Bush administration. Yeah. But uh yeah. Yeah. but anyway, let's roll uh, let's get uh, let's roll on into your next pick, which was um at the door by the strokes. I can't escape it. that I was like not sure if it fit well or not but I think we're I think we're keeping it because um yeah it's that that synth and this this is very much sort of um this fits very well going after Hurt a little bit yeah um because it's very much just like like fuck my life I'm sad <laughs> uh, kind of thing Although, I mean Hurt's deeper than that um, right. Well, but like, you know, they're all, they're both kind of, it, it's funny because I met, I think that Julian Casablancas and Trent Reznor are probably about the same age. Maybe Trent's a little bit older. Oh, really? But like Trent, when he put out Hurt, he was probably like 22 or something. And <laughs> Casablancas, I think he's in his 40s now. Yeah. So, yeah. And this, this came out, this came out last year. Yeah. So it's very funny to kind of have both of, like, you know, everyone, all, everyone always says things get better. Maybe they don't. <laughs> yeah, maybe they don't. Um, but yeah, this this song's great. Um, it's just uh, the, like, I'm a lonely boy. I'm an ugly boy. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a bunch of really cool metaphors in this song, too. Um, but uh, a lot of it was the, the synth that's there. Yeah. Um, it's very much the thing we've been, that's in like all of these songs that we've been talking about. Um, it's also very, it gets very grand and dramatic towards yeah. the end. Um, and it very much feels like a goodbye. Yeah, um, that, the idea of I'll be waiting from the other side, waiting to rise. Um, you know, and I think that, uh, what's his name? Julian Casablancas's, uh, like, voice on this song is very haunting, where, you know, yeah. very much mourning and kind of lost and kind of you know unsure of 
what's going to happen. It's a very dark track. It feels like almost like a bit of a funeral procession a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's very much just like sinking into sadness um, and despair, um, which I like a lot. Um, and the vocals aren't very robotic at all. And there's not too much like technology or robotic or electronic stuff going on, but I, yeah. I think it, I think like story-wise and like theme-wise it fit. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, even, you know, even though like, there's a lot of both of us kind of trying to get like sort of the robotic sounds and sort of like these auto-tuned voices. I think that having something more human sounding too also kind of like, you know, fits into the theme where we're trying we're trying to humanize a machine. Right, exactly. Yeah, for sure. But let's keep on rolling along into my next pick, which is uh, Black Screen by LCD Sound System. off getting into this is it a, is it one person is it a band is it, is it's it's a band but it's one guy's vision you know, they're like uh i'm trying to think what's a good example you know they're kind of like not like nine inch nails because nine inch nails is just trend but like sort of in the sense that like they're a band but it's really it's a primary songwriter yeah Okay. And apparently James Murphy is very particular. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know a bunch of my friends are into uh, LCD Sound System and I've been meaning to get into it for a while. But uh, yeah, this is very much, it's a long ass song. Yeah, uh, it's like 12 <laughs> minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it very much encapsulates the theme very well. It feels like a robot saying goodbye. Um, and uh, let me look up what um, it's really like bidding farewell, um, which I mean fits also just because this song was written um, as a goodbye to David Bowie. Um, oh, really? Yeah. So apparently James Murphy and David Bowie were friends and Bowie was a bit of a mentor to him. Um, but so this was him kind of saying goodbye and being like, you know, could be anyway. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because I can feel that inspiration in there a little bit too yeah yeah this definitely sounds like uh something out of like um the like brian eno david bowie era a little bit yeah um like like the the songs on like the back halves of those albums you know what i'm talking about where like like low and heroes where like it's just like synth epic um i love david bowie um 
uh, yeah, it's weird because I, I got into him after he died. Yeah. Um, but oh my God, listening to Black Star was like one of the most depressing album listens I've ever had in my life. <laughs> well, the timing of that album is so perfect. I don't want to say perfect, but you know. It's very like, you're right. I don't know what the word would be because you're right. It's not perfect, but it feels like poetic. poetic and things are aligning. Yeah, I mean, it was sort of the same thing as when um, Leonard Cohen died, where I think his album came out either right before or right after. And I, that was pretty much the same thing with Bowie, where Black Star came out right before. And it very much feels like the final album. Yeah, you know, it's it's a farewell. And I think that that's nice. And I think that, you know, with LCD Sound System, they kind of have always done a lot with incorporating electronics, a lot of like, samples a lot of synths a lot of you know what can we do you know what can we do with sort of maximalizing like indie rock but also dance music um, yeah and with this track it's slowing things down a lot and it's kind of you know a little dreamy it's you know it's almost like watching like an old-timey tv turn off in slow motion where you watch mm -hmm. the 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 thing go into the center and there's like the yeah. little white light yeah it feels like it's like it's very it's fading and it's it's um yeah it's very much a farewell uh sort of vibe i love it it's great yeah i've been meaning to get into them forever this is definitely the most I, most lcd sound system songs have not been this depressing that i've heard oh they're they're very they're a very upbeat band generally well, yeah. like, even if they their songs are sad, they are kind of they have a beat behind them that you know. Right. You, you this know. one's very drifting and like doesn't necessarily. It's not very dancey. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good. Thank you. But let's roll on into your next pick, which was Tree Fingers by Radiohead. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, you know, an interesting little note about this song. Um, I don't know how much, I don't know if you were ever really super into Minecraft. I was but, not. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a song from the Minecraft soundtrack that sounds almost like, the Minecraft soundtrack is by the way, one of the best video game soundtracks ever, in my opinion. Um, but there's a track that sounds, it's even got the word like tree in it. Um, it's, uh, oh yeah, there's a song called Floating Trees uh, oh. by C418 and it's a part of the Minecraft soundtrack and it very much sounds like exactly like this song, uh, which is really cool to me, but that's just a side note. But um, yeah, Tree Fingers is 
it's cool it feels like almost like it it kind of like feels like like the like the playstation like uh music that plays or like uh it sounds like a like a like an operating system like startup music a little bit yeah or it or it's shutting down i guess yeah well where it's kind of that swellingness i you know interestingly just kind of based on its placement on kid a i almost chose how to disappear completely as one of my songs Mm. um you know so they all kind of very much work in that sort of what you know radiohead's a perfect band for this yeah yeah for sure because you know even though their music their music is very emotional but it can come across very cold a lot of it can be very cold it's it's like very cold in like a depressing way like it's yeah it feels Um, detached yeah and kid a kid a is like that pretty much ruined through. God, I love this album so much. It's it's a great album. Um, mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's, I mean, it's cliche to say it's their best, but it probably is their best. Mm, I might have to disagree with you on that one. I think In Rainbows is like the best album of all time. Uh, but this is definitely up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, I could make my case for, I don't know if I'd do it for In Rainbows. I love a lot of In Rainbows. I'd probably... If I was gonna go with something different for Radiohead, I'd probably go OK Computer. Yeah, um, I was re-listening to OK Computer. Shit still holds up. Yeah, it's 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 really they're a great band. Even listening to their first two albums, where they were just kind of a rock band, are both very good. I love the Benz. The Benz is great. Yeah. Um, I've but, been I've been learning how to play uh, Street Spirit on the guitar. Ah, they're they're like one of those bands. I used to try to learn their songs on guitar, and then I couldn't. It's um, hard, yeah. Yeah. Although I did back when I was in high school and thought I was going to be a rapper, <laughs> I did try <laughs> to make beats out of uh, Idiotech. That was the oh god, Idiotech. Idiotech might be my favorite off of Kid A. It's a, it's a great song, but um. Have yeah, you, do you know about JDOhead? I do know about JDOhead. That was part of why I was like, oh, I can make beats off of this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the other day, I, I should have bought it. I was in, um, I was at my, I was at, um, what's it called? Um, the record store around here in Philly. Uh, oh, I was at Repo Records um, okay. on South Street in Philadelphia. And uh, I was looking on the Radiohead and they had the like JDOhead album That's on vinyl. It was, I mean, it's like a, it's like a, not a legal pressing, yeah, obviously. It's, like a it's, like, it's a bootleg, but it was really cool. I almost bought it. Um, it might be, it might be worth going back and getting it. Yeah, I might, I might. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. And I think, you know, Tree Fingers kind of fits into this whole theme that we've been saying of, you know, these floating, sad, you know, almost disconnected feeling. Yeah, it's 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 the you know it's the robot drifting off yeah. again, <laughs> which is I feel like we keep saying that I feel bad, but like it's like I mean that's what this song is too. We're both imagining something that we've never experienced. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's also kind of like numbing. You know, there's a lot of Radiohead's music that you know it feels a lot like like an anesthetic almost. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This song especially, it feels like it's like I mean I'm pretty sure the first time I listened to Kid A, I fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was really tired. Um, but let's roll on into. So both of us had the same song for. Yeah, um, and it's now. it's in the exact same spot. 
Yeah. Um, so, um, Bonnie Vare's 715 Creeks. Down along the creek, I remember something. Heard the heron First a breach that last Sunday Ooh. Low moon down the yellow road I remember something That evening wasn't easy And all that heaving in my rhymes And certainly it's evening And it's now is not the time Toiling with your blood I remember something And be unrushing, kissing Um, which I feel, you know, Bonnie Bear, Justin Burns so great with his voice and has yeah. always been it. And one of the things I always think about with this song in particular was when this album came out, you know, they said that this was the most engaging some critics said that this was the most engaging part and it was the same as when he put out forever forever ago where it was just a vocal track that was what was most intense and engaging and i think that this song in particular you know there's a lot of feeling and it's just kind of processed through those layers and layers of auto-tune yeah yeah and it's so i i love this song so much i've Me seen Bonnier do it live oh really oh I'm it's, so jealous. it's like when i was like a younger music fan and i was against auto-tune you know kind of not necessarily in like a creative way but i was like oh i don't necessarily want to listen to something that's all auto-tune this is kind of what flipped the switch to me where i was like oh yeah. this is all art this i is was all- literally i was literally about to say that i was literally about to say the exact same thing that's what happened for me i, li- I and this happened like i don't know like four or five months ago I first listened to this album, and I, to be honest, this is actually really the only Bon Iver album I listened to. Um, I I just haven't tried the other ones yet. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I listened to this and I was like, holy shit, autotune is like beautiful. Like yeah. you can do some gorgeous shit with it. Like the, just like, holy shit. Like it, it, this song is like so gorgeous and it's so like utterly depressing. And the lack of instrumental, I think is what makes it so depressing because it just yeah. feels like someone like, throwing their heart on the table for you yeah um and like just like it's so emotional and it's so intense uh i love the lyrics to the song too but yeah. it, it, it also it i mean i just want to talk about the song but it, it does it does fit our theme because it's like yeah. robotic we both picked it in the same spot we could uh very much carve out a chunk of time for this yeah this song i mean it's almost it almost sounds like it's a stream of consciousness it doesn't necessarily it sounds like he's just kind of singing exactly what he feels and yeah the fact that like you know he just kind of he's masking it through all the layers of auto-tune um and I'm jealous that you have all this new Bonnie Bear, you know, not new, but unlistened to Bonnie Bear music to discover. <laughs> he has such a great discography, um, you know, where, you know, he, especially as you go through and like read about like 
for Emma forever ago as you listen to it. It's so like it's really depressing and emo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I moved to a log cabin in the woods when my girlfriend broke up with me. But then he <laughs> made this great album that, you know, def- you know. Is that the album with Holocene? No, that's the that's the follow-up, which is also great. That oh, this one, is the one this is the one with Skinny Love. Skinny Love, right. Which uh, gotcha. cliche indie rock sad boy with an acoustic guitar song, but like yeah. you know, but it, it's so great. And uh yeah, this song was where you know it captured my attention on this album, which when it came out, I was like, this is really weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that whole album, twenty two million, is like yeah, so cool. I, I, although I, I, a small note, fuck the track titles. Oh yeah, they're the worst. Because <laughs> I want to talk about these songs, and I'm like, oh yeah, my my favorite song lately has been uh, Ten Death Breasts. <laughs> well, I mean, they they do have readable things, but they're they're so with all the symbols, you know, twenty two over soon with the infinities as the yeah. zeros. It's cool. It looks dope. It looks cool, but it's, it's just hard to talk about. Like, oh yeah, I love underscore 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 forty five underscore underscore underscore. Like, um, seven one five creeps with the, what is that a sigma or whatever? I yeah, know. I have no idea what those e's are. It's cool. It's cool. I like it. Um, but yeah, but, yeah. But, this song, this album was one of the last like very emotional, like almost spiritual experiences I've had with an album, especially like thirty three God. Um, yeah, it's gorgeous. I, I remember the first time hearing, uh, I'm just gonna call it Zero Million, the closing track. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, excuse me, where this al- this whole album was just very like, you know, unexpected because I was expecting the guy that made Holocene. And then it was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And listening to Zero Zero Million was where I was like, oh, this all works and it ties together. And it was a very, you know, like, almost like a gospel album yeah it is it's very it's very spiritual this album yeah. i feel like um and uh yeah you know i i had this sort of period where i just sort of had this awakening in terms of autotune where i realized that it can be used for like a really artistic music like um there was this song and uh you know hide and seek by imogen heap no you would know the sample um do you know the jason derulo song uh, where it's like, um, uh, it's uh, like, mm, what you say? Oh, yes. <laughs> like, that's your only man. Yeah, yeah. It, that's a, that's a, a sample from this song called Hide and Seek by Imogen Heap, which is really, it's a really, really um, serious emotional song. It's about like uh, her parents like divorce and it's like from the perspective of her as a young child. And it's, it's very much like auto-tune manipulation. And it's, it's I believe it's just vocals too. Wow. Um, a lot like 715 Creeks. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it is, it is just, it's a lot of harmonies and um, auto-tune. There's, the, yeah, just overlay. There's no, there's no instrumentals. It's a really, really good song. You should definitely listen to it. And it's very much a similar uh, concept to 715 Creeks. Um, it's just a very, very emotional song. And it's just these like aggressive, um, auto-tune vocals over each other uh and this this song hide and seek and 715 sort of gave me this awakening that auto-tune can be a good thing and then you know uh kanye came around yeah. <laughs> kanye is a master 
<laughs> I love Kanye. Yeah. There was a, what was it? A Runaway was a song I almost put on this, but I've also used it a bunch of times on this podcast. So I'm yeah. Saying, but in terms of 715 Creek, at least kind of in terms of the story, I was kind of like, you know, this is very much, it's spiteful. And, mm. you know, I kind of, it's angry the, almost towards yeah, the end. You know, that last, you know, goddamn turnaround, you're my A team is very much a, you know, it almost sounds like a spurned lover. And yeah, it's it's angry and emotion. It's like very, it's so, depra- it's, it hits you hard. Yeah. <laughs> it hits you really, really hard. And I actually, I do, I like to joke around with my friends because they're like, whenever I too, it's like, it's like, goddamn, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's, it's like a voice crack. And it's yeah so, it's so good but you know i was kind of thinking of it like you know if a lot of my playlist was kind of the acceptance at this point um you know this was very much the the revolt like, yeah the revolt like actually no i don't want this right mm. yeah yeah it's like it's it's screaming from the inside almost yeah it's kind of terrifying <laughs> it really is um but let's keep on rolling along into your next pick, which was Within by Daft Punk. have to be honest so i've never listened uh, i shouldn't say i've never listened to daft punk but i never got as into daft punk as i probably should have and therefore i've never listened to random access memories all the way through what? um yeah but so i was like oh this is perfect for this because like mm-hmm. this is like almost like a jazzy you know like loungy composition but then you have the daft punk guys doing the robot vocals over it yeah and and the whole I, this one was really the one where I think the lyrics were uh, the best for this. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like I mean, I'll read a little bit. It's like there are so many things in this world. There's so many things that I don't understand. There's a world within me I cannot explain. Um, I'm lost. I can't remember my name. Uh, and it's like I'm looking for someone. Um, yeah, it's been like I've been looking for someone. Tell me who I am. It's like a robot having an existential crisis. Yeah. Um, and. I think it also fits well because, you know, I mean, their whole aesthetic is being robots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the entire, like, point of their music, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I, Although, I'm very glad that you chose a Daft Punk song because, yeah. you know, I love Daft Punk, but my favorite Daft Punk album is the live album, which I don't think would have fit very well. Which one? The, the live album. I think it's just called Daft Punk Alive. Oh, okay. 
It's very good. It's like that was kind of in the sense that like the Emojin Heath and the Bonnie Bear song, you know, were like realizations like, oh, auto-tune can be good. That was me being like, oh, I could actually really get into electronic music. Yeah, this is the this is the group where like I I really got into electronic. Yeah. That's been my big thing for the past like year in terms of music that I've been discovering. It's been a lot of electronic. Um and some new hip hop stuff, but like um yeah, the I don't I've only listened to a f- couple like full Daft Punk albums, the Random Access Memories and um Discovery, I think it was. Yes. Um great. Discovery's great, but Random Access Memories is like uh, it, it it it's just like they sort of do a similar thing to Kanye. Where, although I think they're Kanye's biggest strength is is being a producer and, and collaborating with people. Um, yeah. That's what he's best at. And Daft Punk, they a lot of their individual songs are really great, but they're also really great collaborators yeah. um, and producers as well. Um, and Random Access Memories, especially um, the people on that album, are amazing. Julian Casablancas has a song on that album. I mean, the Get Lucky is like such a banger. A massive hit. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, it's very, it's it's also. I think this album, uh, Random Access Memories, sort of helped me embrace pop stuff yeah. more because it's very poppy. But it's just it feels so good. It's so fun. It's it well because it's very much like a throwback to like seventies disco. Mm-hmm. and like you know even like as someone that didn't necessarily grow up with disco music being played around my house you know it's still such a big part of the culture that it gets ingrained in you yeah um, and you know uh, as like a final album this is great for Daft Punk just because it's it really kind of like gives them something that feels more feels more organic than their past stuff yeah, and also in terms of the, the flow of the playlist, um, this one feels like the last statement of the robot. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, they, they're starting to realize that they're dying, starting to break down, and then they go into the phase of, like, rebellion with 715 Creeks, like, I don't want this. And then this song comes around, and it's like, okay, I'm going to die now. Um the last words almost right yeah it is almost like the last words you know like there's so many things they don't understand it's a reflection on life um and uh yeah it's a really beautiful song absolutely um my next pick was pretty much my my breaking down song um, oh revolution nine by the beatles They are standing still. Upon the telegraph. Number nine. Number Dude, I can't believe you made me listen to this. <laughs> I. I if you told me you didn't, I I would have been like, yeah, that's fair. I almost did it. <laughs> no, it, it definitely fits, but like, holy shit. Uh, this is that sort of like track where like, it's just better when you're listening to it on vinyl and like, it's just playing like while you're doing something. And it's like, cause this song, this song, it's great. It's cool, but it's definitely like, just, uh, you can tell it's definitely like John Lennon and the rest of the Beatles just fucking around. 
Yeah, this was uh, this is very much a John Lennon song. And I yeah. mean, if you listen to some of John Lennon's like very early solo music, I think the stuff he released while he was still in the Beatles, it sounds a lot like this. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is widely regarded as one of the worst Beatles songs. <laughs> I, I, I like it. I think it's cool. I think it's, um, cool. I think it's cool for what it is. I, I mean, for me, I was like, this is the actual breakdown. Right. Yeah. That that's that's exactly the feeling I got. It. It's it's very much a sonic painting. This is this is sort of like uh, among the similar vibes of like uh, Midnight in a what is it Midnight in a Perfect World or something like that yeah. and um, uh, Ito, where it's like it's all these little things and this one felt like the most. This one felt it just matched really well because it's like it feels like it, it the the robot just starting to pass and go on and it's it's grasping at all these little pieces of memories yeah because the song it's like all these little snippets of audio these little layers all over each other and it gets like more intense and it goes crazy and like it, it's just like it feels like these are little snippets of memories that are that are fading away yeah um, and it's trying to to express itself but it's it's just it's all scattered and broken and it's all these tiny tiny glimmers of memories. Yeah, I had it where 715 Creeks was very much like the final statement. And then this is like, you know, you're watching it die, but you can't necessarily piece together what it means. Right. It's sort of losing its um, ability to speak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's cool. It's a, it's, it's a, for the time is, is pretty. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you're interested, Two Virgins by John Lennon is very similar to this. Um, do you know, uh, do you know uh, the wedding album uh, where uh, the song John and Yoko? Um, I don't know that, I don't know John and Yoko as well. I do, I've listened to it, but I, <laughs> I there's a lot of like late Beatles that I don't love. I, it's just, there's this song called John and Yoko where it's like when they got married and I have it on vinyl though, it's all dirty. I can't really play it. Um, but it's like, <laughs> it's like nine minutes long and it's just John and Yoko shouting their names at each other uh. for like nine minutes. And then it's like, it's like, John, Yoko, <laughs> John, Yoko. And then it gets really sexual and it's, um, very interesting, but John just did that kind of shit. <laughs> he he was he was an outsider. Um, yeah, very problematic sure. outsider. I was listening. A very problematic person. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast about him and Yoko earlier today. Um, very interesting. A lot. I learned a lot about Yoko. I did not know. Yeah, I I think uh, she gets a lot of shit when she really she didn't do any. She didn't really do anything. Yeah, that's kind of well. That was kind of the podcast was debunking the the idea that she broke up the Beatles. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, let's. I also think she's a not a bad artist herself. I don't know if I've listened to any of her solo stuff. Just because... uh, she does that like yelly thing that everyone makes yeah. fun of, which is not great. Um, but she has made I mean, she wrote some music for the Beatles, I believe. Yeah, or when she I was, contributed vocals and stuff. When I was listening to the podcast, apparently she was like a performance artist, and her performance art sounded very interesting. Where one of the things that really caught my attention was she had she had this thing where she would like set up a chessboard, but instead of it being black and white pieces, it was just all white pieces. So 
you kind of would start playing and you would have to like remember which pieces were yours but it was completely impossible within yeah like five minutes <laughs> and i kind of love that yeah she's done like weird shit like that before like she like sits in a museum and does like weird shit yeah there's i i really love performance art performance art is cool yeah i love like the weird shit but anyway let's bring this on home with your last pick which is dawn chorus by tom york It's probably on par with 715 in terms of wrecking me. Although this one's probably more depressing. Yeah. <laughs> this was one of those songs that I just had in a loop um, towards the very beginning of the pandemic. Uh, <laughs> I was just wallowing in my depression. <laughs> um, but this song is is also, this is like the, this isn't as much of a statement. And I, it's, I'm my focus isn't really the lyrics on this one. Yeah. It's more just that synth, um, that very soft um just so depressing i you know i didn't know like just a tone a noise could be so depressing and the the like chord progression um is very very depressing it's just supposed to be like the breaking down of the robot um and the final moments it's almost like a you know crossing over yeah um you know and a lot of your playlists actually did remind me a lot of the the clockwork orange soundtrack Oh, that yeah. That was like a general overview where it was a lot of like synth heavy, like, you know, kind of all consuming stuff, you know, and this song really kind of in my, it, you know, really captured that. Yeah, it's it's very much just drifting off. This feels like the very, very final moment. This is the death or this is like, like you said, sort of passing into the afterlife um, and fading away. This song's gorgeous. Um, and if you haven't, you should definitely watch um, the movie, the like short film that accompanied this album. Oh, I didn't know that there was one. Yeah. Have you heard this album before? Uh, I did when it first came out. I think I only listened to it once. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how many times I listened to it. I just listened to a decent amount of the tracks from it. But um, there was a short film. Do you know the director, Paul Thomas Anderson? Yes. He directed like a 15 minute like film. That's it's called Anima. It's the same name as the album, and it's on Netflix. Um, and it's like four or so of the songs. Okay. Um, and there's this really cool. This is like really famous choreographer, and it's like there's a bunch of dancing going on the whole time too. The dancing is amazing. Um, it's one of the best like best filmed like pieces of dance. Yeah. Work I've seen. It's it's just 
the amount of talent that went into this thing is amazing and the, the production design and it's really, really gorgeous. It's one, it's, it's one of my favorite pieces of film out there. It's just this, it's this film that came out a couple of years ago. Um, it's Tom York, Paul Thomas Anderson. And I forget, I forget the name of the choreographer, but the choreographer is really famous and talented too. Um, but this was, uh, this was in the film. And uh, this uh, whole scene is like uh, Tom and this other character uh, dancing with each other down like the street. Um, and it's very gloomy, but it's also very romantic. Oh, um, check that out. Yeah, you should definitely watch it. It's really good. But uh, this this song just felt like a the swan song, the, the goodbye, the fading away. Absolutely. Yeah, the final um, track. And that was kind of the same thing I tried to do with my last one. My last pick was Go Sleep by Barty Strain. Never last, never chill, she said, but so we hang outside to the wind, cut our cheeks. You tore the roof off a of five feet and swing it for me. Lord knows I love my friends. You don't got to be so alone We ain't but Why you act so old all of a sudden It ain't trust When I hit the road in the weekend You can't pick up the phone and nothing That's how you lose the day one Calling for my um, Where this is kind of, you know, my crossover You know, my, you know entering the unknown, you know, uh, you know, pulling the plug sort of song where, you know, it's still kind of robotic, but it's still very natural feeling. And it, you know, Barty's, you know, in my opinion, does some, he's one of the most interesting new artists that was releasing music last year. Um, and I think the idea that just kind of like, you know, lyrically the song is about, you know, feeling like a ghost yeah and feeling lost and you know this is kind of you know what i imagine where you know robot might enter the singularity but not necessarily know what to do yeah and it's very mournful and very you know disconnected like you had this first song as the prologue and this one sort of feels like the epilogue yeah it feels like after after the death uh we're passing into the afterlife um, for a, a robot, robot afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this song was cool. I don't even like, I couldn't really pin this down genre wise. Uh, Barty is, <laughs> is very good about not necessarily being very, uh, he, he's very savvy in moving about genre. There's like a lot of stuff on this album that's kind of like hip hop. And then there's a lot of stuff that's kind of like anthemic indie rock. You know, he's like, uh, he's so, you know, this was his first album and it oh wow blew me away. He was like in bands and stuff before. Um, mm-hmm. And he put out an EP of covers by, uh, of songs by The National. Um, oh, that's cool. But then like this album blew me away, um, you know, where there's like songs where he's like rapping, but then it also sounds like the killers. It's great. I love, <laughs> I love the guy. That's cool. uh, but yeah, highly recommend uh, Live Forever by Barchi Strange. Yeah, definitely check this out. 
Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like we said before, it's like you said, it's kind of my epilogue where, you know, this is, this is the last song on that album. This is, you know, kind of fading off. You know, it's the it's the credits roll. I love songs on albums that that where the last track feels like a goodbye. Yeah, I have a playlist actually uh, for that too. I call it's called like Last Track Goodbyes, um, and I have like the last song on um, uh, the new Abnormal by The Strokes. Uh, it's oh, called, the the Mets song. Yeah, Oh to the Mets, and uh, I know the end by Phoebe Bridgers, and um, stuff like that. Uh, I, I don't remember Ode to the Mets very well, but I know the end by Phoebe Bridges is a, is a very specific type of goodbye. Yes, it is. I love that song. It's it's my favorite. I mean, I love Phoebe for years now, but she's that too. when I heard that, I was like, that's insane. She's so her lyrics are unlike anything else. She's incredible. She's like she's an artist that like I you know. I love and I'm glad that she's doing well, but I, I'm also pissed that she's doing well because she's like an artist that like, I'm like, oh, I want to see her in a small venue. Yeah, 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 for sure. And she's like, I feel like every day she gets bigger and bigger. It's like she did like a Vogue thing and like a Gucci yeah. thing. And she's like, she's all like- She really, now. the pandemic was really good for her. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Um, yeah. I think I think her music was good for a lot of people. Um, yeah, but uh, very comforting. I don't. I I kind of hate comparing artists to older artists, but in terms of like lyrical impact and lyrical significance, um, Bob Dylan vibes a little bit. A little. Yeah. yeah. A little. Although that kind of makes no sense. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, kind of like they're 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 like hard to interpret sometimes, but they're very. Very um, poetic. abstract and very matter of fact. Um, yeah, D- Dylan, you know, he definitely had tracks where he would kind of have lyrics that kind of made you scratch your head. And I think BB does that too. Yeah. But yeah. But anyways, yeah. Sammy, those are all the songs. Do you have any honorable mentions? I, I have a playlist of honorable mentions, actually. Oh. <laughs> Name a few. Uh, let me find it. Um, I'll just say the only one that I really had that I felt kind of fit, but I also felt didn't necessarily tie in. And I felt like there were other things that tied in better was um, Ballad of a Dying Man by Father John Misty. Uh, I know Father John Misty. I don't know that song. um, It's a late track on pure comedy where Mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, it has the line, you know, as he breathes his final breath, the dying man looks at his screen to see what he's about to mess oh yeah i remember those things that album there's like some like song about twitter on there isn't there that that whole album is like (laughs) twitter's bad the internet's bad (laughs) yeah uh i'm looking at what else i i took out there were a lot i had like a few more radiohead songs that i had on here um like 15 step and uh one of their like leftover tracks called uh where bluebirds fly um i have more dj shadow um, I had a, do you know Clipping? I do. I haven't listened to a lot of Clipping, but. I had a, a Clipping song. Their songs are very scary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which uh, song did you have? It's called Story 2. Cool. Uh, I also had, oh yeah, I, I, I took it off, but I, 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 I miss it. Uh, I took off Little Dark Age by MGMT. Okay. Um, but I also think the other MGMT song yeah. could fit the vibe more. Um, 
I also had uh, this song called, I don't know really know why I put it on there, but it's called uh, Magic Sands Boogie. It's this like, this very talented like blues guitar guy from like the 50s or 60s or something. Um, it's like a very, it's a very buzzing like guitar solo thing. Um, but yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Cool, awesome. Well, I'm gonna hit. This has been a Lughole podcast. <laughs>